Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Yeah, most certainly is a very warm welcome wherever you might be. SEN Radio Network or you're listening to us via the app anywhere in the world. Or even on YouTube, watching in a couple of days' time. Hello to you, wherever you might be, of course. 0433981116. The text machine is always open. We do it for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. John Stephenson. Hello, brother. Hey, brother. How you doing, mate? Good, uh, good to see you look nice and warm out there in Melbourne, mate. No, yeah, in the sunny it's, Thailand, and it's nice Thailand. and warm. It's literally warm. So when you say a good, warm welcome to everybody, it's actually extended from myself. So it can't be extended from you because you're in a very cold clone. Mate, you, <laughs> you roll in. You spent four days last week in Melbourne. You absolutely just scan the city. It's a beautiful city, man. It's where, <laughs> it's where your career highlights, honestly. It was a littered career with unbelievably great things, but your, your, your biggest crowning moment was in this beautiful city. I'm the biggest fan of Melbourne, no, but the, you can't that. hide the fact that it's not conducive to a sprinter. We like warm weather. That's fair. Needs to be nice and hot. And I'm I'll, telling you now, it I'll was cold a, as ice I'll give you a, out there last week. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit. Of course, we can get uh, involved in the show wherever you might be. 0433981116. Yes, you can. Uh, talking superstars, talking Commonwealth Games, gold medalists. Nina Kennedy's going to join us in the show in around 15 minutes' time. What a legend she is and continuing. Mm-hmm. Upwards towards and what unbelievable story she has, Harry. Ken. Yes, can't wait to talk to her. Uh, you done your homework? Yeah, it was light work, mate. That's very easy. Have you, have you done it's it? It's not hard for me at all. So you, hang on, so you've done it? The eight men and the eight Listen, women? Listen, first and foremost, <laughs> we didn't have all episode that goes through my, uh, <laughs> my school etiquette and how I go about doing homework. Yeah. Uh, so is that a but, no? uh, but yeah, but this homework was done because it interests me, Ken. Yes. Like I was at school, things that interest me, I was very good at, Ken. All right, good. Well, we've both got our uh, our fields very shortly, and there are, I'll be honest, there are a couple of names that stop me from sleeping. So I'm going to talk to you about that a little later on in the show. And that was all on the back oh, of yeah. a text machine we got last week, or a text off the temper text that said, hey, if they had an opportunity to find the, uh, the best women's 100 metre final, and the men's 100-metre final since we've been alive. So about 1980 onwards, what names do we come up with? So we'll get to that very shortly. Uh, I wonder if Usain will be in there. But let's talk about the weekend. <laughs> we, had a little, uh, we had a little quieter weekend, although the New York Grand Prix was on. What? Wait. <laughs> Quiet? I, uh, I, guess, I guess you're right. Compared to the last couple absolutely. of weeks that have been hot, 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 hot world records. Yes. It's easy to say maybe this weekend was a little bit cooler, Cam. It but was. Let me tell you, me. in my in my twenty plus years I've been involved in the sport, um, I am absolutely gobsmacked every weekend. I look at the results on the Sunday, and um, and I see what is happening around the world and the caliber of athletes and new athletes that are popping up uh, around the globe. And it's just again, what I love about the show, Cam, is that people like to think that because. It's a dedicated show to athletics that we're going to be out here absolutely heroing everything about track, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, we're going to hero it. It's completely the opposite. Our job is to, to shed some light and educate the listener on what the sport is about. I can unequivocally say that I don't think in the history of our sport we have seen results across the board from field all the way to track that we're seeing over the last couple, three weeks. I, I have a feeling, legitimately, on the back 
of COVID and the fact that some of these athletes were in events or in stadiums and competing at the highest level without fans, I reckon they're more appreciative of being in an intense cauldron when the stadium is packed and it is continually spurring these athletes on to show up and not coast under the radar and say, hey, there's a world championship in three or four months' time or an Olympic Games here. I think athletes are a lot more appreciative of the competition and they are putting their best foot forward to make sure they give their very best every single time they take the track or the field. I couldn't agree more with you, Cam. And I think also, as much as I'm a bit of an old head, I'm on the back of Gen X, and I kind of whack the younger generation on how determined and how much grind and how much fortitude they have. But the difference that they have, I think that what we didn't have is the technology, mm-hmm. the mediums between Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, wow. internet, etc., which has created them to get uh, resource-wise as far as technique and as far as programs they can take from everyone around the world. We're back in my day, I didn't have that. I had to actually physically go to the coach who was in America. And I think they don't put barriers the way we used to put barriers in front of us. So I think they see almost this as a video game. Like, no, no, I'm out there. I've done the training. I've done the work. I'm going to go out there and just make it happen. And you're quite right. I think they, these athletes don't put as many. I think their barriers that they've and how they see time, I don't think they limit themselves maybe much as our generation maybe did because the times and how they're running now is just amazing across the board. There are good things and bad things when it comes to social media and the exposure of athletes, both good and bad, when it comes to online coverage and digital coverage and everything that comes with, you know, talkback radio stations around the world and and 24-hour sport TV stations. But the fact is, I think that this is one of the positives when it comes to yeah. athletes, because they legitimately know that any time they roll on in, good or bad, it's going to be exaggerated or exposed right around the world. And I don't mean exposed in a bad way. I mean you're going to get pats on the back or sponsorship deals if you run an incredibly yeah. fast time in Germany or at a, a smaller stadium somewhere in Asia compared to just doing it at the Commonwealth or the Olympics or the World Championships as it been the norm for generation after generation, and it leads to these extremely, extremely fast and hot one-day, two-day competitions we're seeing. You yeah, know, 100%, Cam, and I think you're bang on. Thank you. And I more go to the point that I think these athletes, are sort of we, I sort of whacked them a bit when we saw the heptathlon, and I'm um, not sorry, not the heptathlon, we saw the women's 1500 world record get broken and all the... The girls are sort of yep. celebrating that win, and I was saying, oh, what, what's that? I'm not sort of used to seeing that. At the same time, I think it also stops them from um, making these athletes hero-worshipping them too much, where they feel that it's more tangible, that there's nothing different between the world record holder and myself. As long as I'm in the race, I have the same ability to break the world record. Mm-hmm. And I think their ideology is very different to maybe my generation. And that's just my feelings. Probably text in, call in if I'm wrong, if you want to... Uh, you know, oppose my view and your, or from my demographic, age demographic, but I definitely see the optimism for this generation is, is, a, is a lot more greater than what I believe, you know, back in Outer. I think when you saw Bolt and you saw Murray Screen, Michael Johnson, Marion Jones, you kind of thought, wow, man, that's Everest, you know? Um, so I could be wrong, but, um, but, I just think across the board, I haven't seen results like this, Cam, in, in 22 years of being involved in the sport. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen and get involved via the temper text. I will say this. I will legitimately ask this question straight face, and you tell me a yes or no answer. Do you honestly believe that Snapchat would have helped your career? 
<laughs> Come on, mate. I'll grant, I'll grant the communication lines, but dropping Snapchat in there, I felt was just a little too far. <laughs> I don't know what you use Snapchat for. Neither I'm not on it. Cam? But <laughs> I'm not but on it. For what I heard, what these young kids are using Snapchat for, it's no difference to WhatsApp, mate. I don't know. So, obviously, you've got to take your mind out the gutter, Cam, because it's, Snapchat. our Snapchat is very... Oh, Johnny Steph wins the Olympics in 08. What do you put that down to, Johnny Steph? Snapchat. I like to thank Snapchat. <laughs> the hours and hours I was on there and all the tips I was given throughout my uh, season. Hey, let's start uh, talking New York and, and what was... I've, I have got a gripe from New York, but we'll start with, with uh, Noah Lyles, who we know is one of the great athletes, 200-metre runner, of course, and oh, he goes quick. Uh, I'm going to give Noah his time to shine. I think yep. any time you, you break any of Usain Bolt's yep. or tie any of Usain Bolt's records, you've got to give it a bit of light. Absolutely. Um, he's going to absolutely obliterate the amount of times he runs 20 seconds. The reason why I don't give it much props is I feel that Usain was... Wouldn't say lazy, but he was quite selective how many times a year he raced. And I'm sure if Usain raced as much as Noah raced, he would have broke 20 seconds a lot more. You know, I think um, Usain cruised every time he ran a 200. Um, but I, I, I won't take too much away from Noah Lyles. He is the star sprinter at the moment. He's racing everywhere. Um, he's really trying to change how the sport's seen by the way he rocks up to the track in, you know, in a very fashionable sense. Um, and he's really trying to lift the profile and entertainment perspe- perspective of the sport. So... Um, yeah, I think it was a beautiful run by him. But a run that really got me, there's a few performances of the meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and one for me was, was Zan Al Yuz. Yeah, huge. Um, from Great Britain. He's originally from Jamaica, trains in Jamaica. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's broken the national record of GB and running 9.83. And if I can put some perspective of some of the greats that have come out of the UK, mm-hmm. and I'll just name a few. The great Linford Christie. Darren Campbell, Mark, Michael, uh, um, Jason Gardner, Christian Malcolm, Marlon Devonish, Mark Lewis Francis, um, and the list goes on of great British sprinters. And now my boy Zarnell's gone out there in 983 in New York with a beautiful run. I mean, he, the way he came over the top of him in the last 20 metres shows really gives him really, really good hope, I think, going into a championship. So now he just needs to stay healthy. He needs to be able to cruise through UK trials. And I think he's going to be a very, very... I think he'll make the final. I think what will hurt him in the final world champs is the ability to know how to win in a final. Um, but doesn't that shape up to be such a hot 100 metres? Exactly what you said, Cam, three yep. weeks ago. You said, Johnny, this is wide open. And, you know, it's going to be the race of the meet come world championships. Do you, do you think he can run a 983 at the Worlds? Or you, you're already casting a little bit of doubt, and I'm talking in a world championship final, because how great he was the weekend, right, and how strong yeah. he was and how relaxed he was, and he allowed the race to, to come to yeah. him, and he was able to run over them in the last 20 or 30 metres. Do you have a doubt on him being able to do that in a big final this age? Well, when it comes to championship running camp, there's one-day meets yep. and how you prepare for a one-day and how you prepare for a championship yep. where you're going to run heat. Semis and finals is completely sort of different preparation. Mm. A lot of it becomes mental, right? When you get to the final, it's, okay, what extra tool do I have or what extra gear do I have to go to the next level and win this championships? And that becomes where you've got to become a bit of a racer and understand how to race and, um, and, and, and be able to find the line to win. Um, Zarnell, a couple of times in finals at Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. um, at World Championships... Uh, has just lacked that final step to be able to find the ability to win. I think between now, UK 
goals. He has to keep winning every race that he comes. So he gets that winning mentality um, and he gets to a championships healthy. Um, it's not too far away between now and Worlds for him to maintain um, the shape that he's in. Uh, he's got a great coach in Glenn Mills. Um, we'll know how to taper him in into championships. And it's up to him just to stay healthy, Cam, to really be honest with you. Um, and then start to get these self-belief structures, which you'll get from his coach, Glenn Mills, and team. Um, and then, boom, he can go and attack world championships. I, I Absolutely. As I said a couple of weeks ago, 100-metre final in Paris is... Uh, sorry, in uh, in Budapest. It's going to be amazing. Just quickly, I want to... Nina Kennedy's going to join us in about two minutes' time on the other side of the break. But I want to raise this Johnny Steph, and I'm disappointed with this, and I want you to be able to explain it to me, okay? Now... The 1,500 metres right now, men's and women's, of course, but men's in particular, is on fire. It's by far the best discipline in the world on track because of how many men are running so fast. Now, I know the field in New York wasn't anywhere near what it was the previous week in Oslo when we've seen an Olympic final-type calibre. But if you're going to have a pacemaker, go out, Johnny Steph, and you're going to give instructions to run at a certain time, you have to go. The 800 metres is the same. If you're having a pacemaker in the race and they've been given instructions and we're going through the commentary, the commentary yeah. and what, the, the 1,500 metres, the pacemaker was just rolling out. He was eight or nine metres in front and no one bothered to go with him. They run a 3.36. There was no speed in the race in the all. And then and the pacemaker, honestly, the pacemaker probably could have won the race, Johnny Steph. I thought, just keep going, brother. Just keep going. <laughs> if you have a pacemaker, use him or her. Yeah, look, that's it, a very difficult one, Cam, because when you've got prize money up in mm-hmm. a track meet as well, um, it doesn't matter what your manager or agent says or the meet promoter says about, let's put on a fast 1,500 metres. I think... Um, you start up for a 1500 and 800 you're waiting for the first person to make the move and chase the pacemaker mm-hmm. and then you jump on and i think if everyone decides not to then the pacemaker becomes null and void yeah. and i think we saw that on the weekend but surely then um, we just don't have them and in those type of races right well i think that i, I think mainly they, they had good intentions right i think the meat promoter he has to do the right thing yeah. and say okay i'm putting a pacemaker yeah. in the race for you guys it's a one-day meet and and for those that are chasing qualifiers and have a crack um it just unfortunately for that race and that meet the athletes decided that winning was more important than yeah. trying to go for time yeah um which is, which, which, I, which, which as we discussed argue. with just hell and all these other runners yeah. it's all about preparing for world championships mm. so everyone's got a different reason why that is where i had the track meet right so mm. um that's always going to change the outcome on what they do with they chase the pacemaker but before we jump off new york um cam Liss, Special call-outs to Sydney McLaughlin, breaking no. 50 seconds, running 49.5. Kenny Harrison back in form. They're stable mates with Bobby Kersey, running 12.29. I mean, they're Olympic Games gold medal times, running mm. at one-day meets, you know. Mua Thing is back in the 800 metres. She's been hurt the first half of the first quarter of the year. Come out, has run 158 first race. Looks sensational, no, absolutely brained him. Just on that, um, it should be illegal, Johnny Steph, how easy she did that. It should be illegal... Oh. How, how comfortable she looks running and just put the field away. It's incredible to watch her run. If she, if she stays in shape, Cam, mm-hmm. that Keely Hodgkinson and, and Moore thing match up at World Championships is going to be exactly like World Championships last year yeah. in the final 50 metres, them tussling out. And i got a feeling I think Keely can get it done this year. Um, I just think she's been in shape for a long time through indoors all the way into outdoors. But she's loving her running and she looks sensational out there, you know. And... I think she, you'd want to back her into getting one up. Um, before we get off results, good after say guy ran 
the 10K in 29 29 in the Ethiopian Championships, fourth fastest time in history. And there's a young kid who ran in an Arkansas meet uh, by the name of Cordell Tinch, ran 12.96 in the 110 hurdles, Cam, <laughs> breaking 13 seconds. Again, these results at a one day, we're talking at a one day, this little local meet in Arkansas, running 12.96. Um, which the old world record was 1296. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing how quick these athletes are running. Um, and, and another call out to Elaine Thompson had her, had her first hundred meters on the weekend in a local meet uh, out in Jamaica running 1129, um, which is a bit, sorry, 1124, which is a bit, First, I don't mate. know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any calls just yet, no, but I oh, think uh, it's gonna be a. <laughs> based a tough on what she's done now and for the last decade, oh, I wouldn't go too early on ruling her out. Oh, I'm going early. I'm yeah, going early to say okay. that I think. Okay. She would need. I'd like to have seen her run, eleven one. Coasting, she kind of ran pretty hard to the line and. She looked a bit heavier. I think she'll taper into championships you, and she'll get better. But you want to have um, you want to have a McDonald's bet, right? Quarter pound a meal. That she makes yeah, the final at the World Championship. Done. Deal. Done. Sweet. Let's get to it. I don't think she does. Superstar Nina Kennedy's going to join us on the other side of this. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stetson. That's Johnny Steph. You can hear him talk all over the intro. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We're going to very shortly drop our dream 100-metre finalists, men's and women's, since 1980 in about 10 minutes' time. But, uh, Johnny Steph, I, I, we don't shy away from continually no, we saying we only have the best on this particular show. Like, legends. Good. Have you figured out the horns on the thing like that? Ha, 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 or the bells or something? So, like, when you have someone like a rock star, like a big name, like we're about to have, that you press yeah. the button and then he goes, brah, brah, brah. I, I think no? that the moment we have a guest on the show, because we, of course, only talk to the best because we like to talk to ourselves and each other, that they, I don't think we need any bells and whistles because it's pretty obvious that uh, this person that we're about to have Rockstar. talked to us has already done something amazing or is about to do something amazing. That's how the show works. I'm talking of Nina Kennedy, who is an absolute superstar. Commonwealth Games gold medalist. When we talk world, she's on the podium. Diamond League only a couple of weeks ago as well. Nina, hello to you. <laughs> hello. That was like the best intro I've ever had. So I'm not doing any more media ever. <laughs> you know what? Well, it's, it's, I'm glad you said that because that's one of the uh, things you signed when you came on this show. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? You're flying. You're competing well. How's life? Life's good. I'm, um, I'm on the road at the moment. I'm in Cologne, um, Germany. So... Yeah, I'm just doing my thing at the moment. Life's pretty cool over here. Like you said, um, yeah, Paris a few weeks ago, that was pretty hot. So I'd like to continue that for the rest of the season. As you get a little bit uh, older and you, you get a bit more comfortable with doing what you do and you're one of the best in the world at it, do you, do you notice Do you when you're on the road for a long period of time, do you, do you notice you get better at it? You get better at not just competing but also being able to adapt to certain situations and certain things that might get thrown at you, which – traditionally do when you're traveling as much as you do oh my gosh yes like I remember the first few years coming over here and stuff was a nightmare you know like you'd miss your flight your flight would get delayed or your poles hasn't come or 
you know, it's raining at a meet, but now it's just kind of like second nature. And like a lot of the time, the the people that are winning are the people that can adapt to those changes the best, you know? So yeah, it's taken a lot of years to like get where I am, but I'm just so chilled now that like, I don't know. I like, like, I think last year like, I missed my first plane to my first diamond league of the season. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's okay. And your manager sorts it and it's being able to like bounce back from that and still be able to compete who, yeah, who kind of like comes out on the podium. Trained by the great Paul Burgess, my brother. You know, Nita is my brother. God bless you. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what I want to know is, is we talk about this often on the show and the mindset, the winning mindset you need to win a championship. Um, yes, you can win a one-day meet, one-day classic, um, but being able to step to a championship every two and four years is, is, I think, what makes a champion athlete. You've been able to do this with Commonwealth Games um, in your first championship. Um, walk me through, not so much how you felt, because I'm, I'm sure you felt great and your family was proud, but did life change? Did you feel the expectation on yourself change from not only from an athlete sort of standpoint and my performances, but also from a business standpoint, social standpoint, and just your general community? And because now you, you're a bit of a name also internationally now. Did that reshape you? And did you have to kind of deal with anything from that point mentally? It's such a good question. And I think majority of people would think it would change. I remember having this conversation, this exact conversation with my physio and he was like, you know, like this season, you're going to have to deal with all this new pressure. And like, now you're kind of the top dog and people are chasing you. And I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't even thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I... I'm doing this, I I think what it comes down to is like, I know why I'm doing the sport and, you know, the only pressure and expectation I have on is like myself. And I really actually like don't care about what the media thinks or what anyone else thinks. Like it's all me. And I know that's like so selfish and like maybe close-minded, but I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. And you know what? Like I'm, also am open to that changing, you know, I might get to the worlds and be like, holy f- sorry, I shouldn't say that. That's okay. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, they are chasing me. And this is, you know, in Paris two weeks ago, Diamond League was actually the first time that I was out in the pole vault. You know, we're out there for two to three hours, you know, we're warming up together, we're in the quorum. It's a very long process. Paris was the first time that I felt like, the girls were kind of holding back from me and you know we have a really good tight-knit community and we laugh and we talk out there but like out there I felt like they were a little bit threatened so I don't know maybe things are changing and I think if you look at Kelsey Lee Barber she does that really well if you look at her out there she is Mm. shoulders she's tall like she's purposely intimidating them I don't know if she's actually doing doing that but that's what I see from the outset so I don't know maybe maybe it will evolve and maybe I will feel pressure but yeah like I said the only pressure I do feel is like the one the pressure I like I put on myself so yeah would I hope you, that's an okay answer that's an absolute great answer and it is there's a great deal of confidence to be taken from that because 
They are looking towards you as the, the person to beat. And Kelsey has had that situation in, in major competitions over the last couple of years. Would you have those conversations with Kelsey? Do you ever discuss how she does handle it, what her mindset is based on what you're probably going to have to look at and go through when it comes to competition? Um, so my physio used to also treat Kel. So, you know, he, we sometimes talk about that, but, you know, Kels and I only see each other like on the road at a few diamond leagues before mm. the major. Um, but I've never asked that, but it's probably a good question to ask. I think something that has really helped me as an athlete as is knowing that I don't know it all. And like, I got to outsource, you know, like Kelsey's a water two-time world champ, like, I got to ask her, like, how did she do that? And I need to learn. I'm like a sponge and I'm soaking everything up. So, you know what? After this call, I might just ring her up and say, hey. (laughs) 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 When when you're competing as as well as you have in in recent times, I'm sure there's many answers to this question, but do you have a particular meet that you look back on more fondly than anything else? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, last year like world champs like honestly can not top that but before that it was world juniors 2014 it was at actually Oregon the same track I came fourth but I jumped like a a nine centimeter pb and I was just like so proud of myself and I think that just really highlights why I'm doing this sport I'm doing it for me I'm doing it for my personal growth like I came fourth but it was like still to this day, one of my favorite competitions. And I think worlds very similarly, like, you know, like I think lots of athletes always doubt themselves, but for me to go out there and perform like I did was like, Oh my God, like, I'm so proud of you. And like all the work you've done, um, you know, you get back to Australia and everyone's like, Oh my God, you're a Commonwealth gold medalist. (laughs) Like, that's amazing. And it's like, yeah, but like I'm a world championship bronze medalist. Mm. Like that for me was like, yeah, definitely my highlight. So you're a Perth girl, Cam, as we always reference, you know, nothing soft comes out of WA. No. Any champions are bred there. I yep. just want to make sure we preface that. Yeah, no, Cam. but you preface it every um, show, so it shouldn't be an issue with people knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> but there's no doubt uh, you, you have a great relationship with your coach, Paul Burgess. Um, sort of one thing I do notice about field events um, is you guys have a very intimate relationship with your coach um, when when you're at a competition and and it's almost like you guys have a dance that you do um, in order to make sure you get the most out of yourself come a championships and, I, and watching your world championships it was quite evident to see the passion that Paul had towards your success and also the passion you had towards him and 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 the sort of the relationship you have you mentioned your physiotherapist for a, a pole vaulter is that important to have that all year round? Is that something you only build towards world championships or is that something that, that, that you feel is a pivotal part of your success in pole vaulting? Yeah. Like great question. Like I said, like when we're at a competition where, you know, we're catching the bus from the meat hotel to the track and then we're doing a half an hour warm up, and then we have call room and then we're, doing an hour's pole vault warm-up with our coach and then the competition starts, which is, you know, another two hours. So you're with them for a very long time and you're, you know, I'm over here for three and a half months. You're on the road with them all the time. Like, does he, does he give, give me the shits. What does he do? <laughs> Tell us what does Paul Burgess do? Does he do anything that you just go, Paul, seriously, stop. You're killing me. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. Like I'm going to list is too long for you to me. <laughs> too long. Like our our dynamic is so interesting. Like 
if you know Paul Burgess, he's fun. He's the life of the party. Like he actually does not ever stop talking unless I put my earplugs in. Seriously, like my headphones, like he's so funny. But I think what's really great about that is that we know each other so well that he can pick up on my energies and, you know, how I'm feeling and all of that stuff. So when it comes to comp time, like he might, he can sense stuff that like not many people can. And I think that's what you get when you have such a close working relationship. And I think in such a technical sport, like pole vault, if I'm feeling a little bit off, he can make those technical decisions that will essentially get me further in the competition, um, which is. That's what I was going to ask you, Nina. And I should reference Paul is a former six meter jumper, Australian pole vaulting great as well. um, um, And competed for Australia a number of times, but I should, that was the next question I was going to ask. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Nina, but I really want to know this question. Is there times when Paul tells you, because obviously you pick your heights that you want to do throughout the competition that he says to you, Hey, Nina, I want you to do this height, use this stiffness of pole. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Is that ever happened between you and him? Yeah. So like a lot of the time they're like, for anyone who doesn't know pole vault, you can move the bar back and forward. So, you know, I traditionally jump at 80, 80 standards. And, you know, if you go up pole, you bring your standards in. And a lot of the time we have, we have a lot of like, not arguments, but we disagree on that number a lot of the time. So I might say 80, he'll say 75. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go 77. So like a lot of the time we do that. We, you know, he he sees things in me that I can't feel, but I feel things that he isn't experiencing because he's not the one doing it. So a lot of the time we do meet in the middle and it's learning how to have those tough conversations open and honestly. And sometimes I'll literally just be like F off Paul and, you know, like I'm doing it my way today and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it backfires, but then it's about learning that, okay, in that situation, maybe he was right and taking that on board and just, yeah, being the best team we can be. And now, and now you're censoring yourself in interviews, which makes it easier for us too, Nina, a little bit later on when the show goes to air. So I like that as well. <laughs> it is using the letter rather than the word. Uh, what's oh, the next? Is, okay, that's the first swear word about the show. So then it's going to get Hey, hey, we've been close. You and I have been close. I thought going to break that record. What's the next? Obviously the world's, but what, what's the next couple of weeks look like for you? Um, I have Lausanne Diamond League on Friday um, and then I have two more competitions, Diamond League, London, 23rd of July, and then I'm potentially thinking about ducking home for a little bit. There's a breaking competition. It's about a month. So, yeah, I just need to weigh up some pros, some cons. You know, being on the road for such a long time is really hard, but Perth is actually quite close to Europe mm. you know it's not as far as Sydney and Melbourne so it is a little bit easier there's only a six hour time difference so potentially ducking home and then coming back for Worlds and then hopefully onto the Diamond League final. Now before we let you go Nina have you got anything to say Johnny Steph because I need to be honest about something so you go first have you got anything got else yeah far away. Because Nina's been a champion as a champion junior all up to Absolutely. Is there anything you would change to a young 16-year-old Nina, to what you know now as a professional athlete, is there anything you'd tell yourself or do differently that you've done over the last 10 years? Oof. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't regret anything because, like, 
It's yeah. a little. No, of like, course you don't. Know. Of course you you feel you know everything's catapulted you to where to be where you are now. But I'm sure yeah. there's a, a couple of things you're like. If I had known this, I would have done yeah. this. I guess. I guess over the last few years, I've really just learned to believe in myself and my abilities and figuring out why I do the sport, you know, and I wish I kind of just learned that a little bit earlier and just to like believe in myself, you know, like as a young woman, like coming up in any sport, like it's so hard, like Mm. the self-doubt, the self-criticism, like it's pretty real. So I think just being like, it's okay. Like you do you and like, you're going to be okay. So like, go girl. So I guess just that. Love it. All right. Now I haven't, you don't know this, Johnny, I'm not sure if Nina's put two and two together, but I'm, I'm going to, I've been feeling bad for like 18 months. So I had a phone call in uh, September of 2021 from Stewie McSwain. He goes, hey, jump on uh, Instagram and Nina Kennedy's looking for two tickets to the grand final, right? And I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out because, you know, I obviously got some contacts. Got I like reached that. out and yeah, I, I said, look, I'll, I'll, try and, like yeah. I'll try and find some and all the rest of it. And uh, Hardcore Demons fan, she tells me, I said, I'll keep. And I couldn't find any. It didn't help that the joint was in Perth and I was stuck in Victoria. I, I haven't, sl- I've barely slept since. You, did you, you made the grand final, right, Nina? Yeah. Yes. She's oh, wait, did I did you make yeah, it? No, you no, no. Me. I didn't start making it. But it was like obviously in Perth and COVID. And I was like, oh my God, like how can I, I not get tickets? You're known as the mailman. How do you I not know. deliver? You know what? I actually feel bad. One of the greatest athletes this country has got, the only person I haven't been able to deliver to in the last two years is Nina. And I have spent this whole time thinking, <laughs> I know she's going to come on our award winning show soon. And I hope she says she went to the grand final. And I am apologizing, Nina. I apologize. Because it's no, great it's to see your team win a flag. Thank you, though. Thanks. <laughs> I did try. I did try. She's not going to go through that experience again, Cam. Oh. A superstar in the Kennedy. Well, actually, actually, Nina, I'll, I'll throw this towards you, that I believe that any Olympic medalist, any Olympic medalist, not just track and field, any Olympic medalist should get two free tickets to any Australian sporting event for the rest of their lives. Do you, do you think that's something the Australian government should bring in? Yeah, of yeah. course. Like, I don't know how that's probably not at the top of their priority list, but yeah, should that be. would be awesome. It should be. <laughs> well, that's uh, what we do around here, yeah. Nina. We make these sort of things happen, you know. We're changing the world yeah. one oh, day at a time. I, oh, we better not tell her about the last lap yet in Paris. We'll we'll surprise <laughs> that on her in 12 months' time. Oh, thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse. Uh, Nina, thank you. No, thanks so much, guys. I um I really appreciate the chat. It's always fun. And you know what? You're on fire right now, and I love the fact that uh, you're the first person to swear on this show. It wasn't Johnny Steph and I, so we appreciate that as well, right? <laughs> what a legend. So embarrassing. <laughs> love your work, man. All the best for the season. Uh, we're looking forward to watching you kill him. So keep believing yeah. in yourself. and right. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse. We'll be back with plenty more next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Johnny, Steph, Cam Luke, we do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, wherever you might be right across the SCN network. Make sure you head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Now, did you do your homework? I did, but I'm just thinking about our intro. Like, 
I want to, hopefully I ain't trying to get to a point where it's like in Cam Luke and Jay Steezy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I actually Johnny. Jay Steezy. Like surely season two if we're still around, <laughs> we get a bit of Jay Steezy. <laughs> anyway, go on. All right. Have you have you got Cam. the have you got the women's one hundred meter dream field? Have Are you got it? This over two weeks, or are we going to do well, men and women today? Well, whatever you want to do. What do you feel like you want to do? We can do it over two well, weeks if you want. Boss, Cam. I, I, no, I don't let's, have any let's just do it today then. Let's do the women's it. today, men's next week. Done. This is this is very very easy, um, Cam. This is not very difficult. All right. Uh, Who have you got? Who's your eight finalists in the women's one hundred meters dream event since nineteen eighty? Uh, again, I'm going to say this. I think eight is a bit too steep. I think we should have picked a four by four team that raced against yeah. your four by four team. Then yep. get our viewers and listeners to then look in and say, "No, nah, I reckon John's team beats your team." Yeah, but well, we'll do let's that go next. For the eight, we'll do that next. I'm going to say number one for me will be Shelly Ann Fraser. Yeah, she's in my final. In my final. In, my fi- in your final, mm-hmm. I'd say Elaine Thompson. Mm-hmm. She has to be. There. I would say Carmelita Jitter from America. She was the fastest woman in the world up until Shelly broke mm-hmm. that. So it was Elaine. Mm-hmm. So that's three up three right now. Yes. I don't have her in it in my eight. I've got Marion Jones in there. Yes. I have this is where it starts to get tough because we have four now. I've got four more so, spots available. Have you got Flojo? Have you got Flojo? No, because Flo, yeah, I'm just let me get there. Let me okay. get there. This week it's difficult for me because mm-hmm. Flojo, she's a world record holder, so, yep. so obviously she sits in there. Mm-hmm. So we've got Flojo, that's five. Mm-hmm. This week it gets extremely difficult. I'd have to, I have to put in there Merlin Oddie. Done. I have to. In. I can't not put Merlin Oddie in this. Now it's six. We've got two more spots available. Yep. And I'll help you out. Tell me if you would have this person in your final, Gail Davis. I was. See how you ruin it? I was just, I was getting there. Ruin it. We're on radio. You're sitting there, there in silence. I'm like, someone's got to talk. But the only problem why I couldn't put Gail in there was yeah. because there are women right now running quicker than what, say, say Sharika Jackson has run quicker yep. than her. But she doesn't have uh, the hardware that she Gail Davis has had, right? She's standing so, up in the Olympic this final. Is, that's why I said it gets difficult. Yep. All right. I will say Gail Davis. Mm-hmm. And my last. My last, 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 last spot. Wait, what if you had someone from now? So someone, I've got someone from now in the in the in the field. So if it was just someone who we got Elaine, we got Sharik, we got we got um, I've got Elaine, Shelly Ann. I've got Shelly Ann. No, I mean probably a little newer. Think Ivory Coast. I wouldn't put Tolu in. there. You wouldn't put in there. I I I I put her in there because I I think she is. She's an X factor right now for me. I think she's definitely an X factor. Training under John Smith, she's mm-hmm. made huge technical changes. I think she will definitely, she will definitely feature heavily at World Championships. But when you look at since 1980, yep. Cam, the, the pedigree of women that have come through the sport in the hundred meters. Um, I mean, the name that keeps popping up for me, but she never won a championship is Tori Edwards. I mean, I'll never forget her nine-seven run. I mean, a ten-seven run she ran at U.S. Trials in 2008. Um, there's there's women like. Uh, uh, I mean, it's 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 such. Look, I'm going to throw a name out there. Um, I'm going to put Veronica Campbell. Okay, and hard to argue with. We are we're pretty close, right? 
So I had Merlin. The reason I put Veronica Campbell is that her pedigree was unbelievable, especially in the 200. She and she dominated for so long. Um, and you can argue that one. That's very contemptuous mm-hmm. for me to put her in there because you can say Allison Felix. But Allison was never a pure 100 meter no. runner. 200, 400, um, but 100 meters. I, I'd have to say VCB. Um, I reckon, yeah, she would. She would be my my final pick. I'd Merlin Oddie in lane one. Yep. Gail Devers in lane two. Yep. I had Evelyn Ashford in lane three. Evelyn Ashford. Of course, wins in LA yes. and then finishes second to Flojo in 88. I had Flojo in four, Sally Ann Fraser Price in five, Marion Jones in six, Elaine Thomas in se- Thompson in seven, and I had Dulu in lane eight. Yeah, not bad. I, I, yeah, look, it, it's tough. It, it's it, it's it's tough. I, I, I found the women's Evelyn, way tougher than the I men's. Don't know, I don't know if Evelyn would. I don't know if she'd be in there for me. I, um, I don't know. Without Flojo, right? This this is the thing that I always talk about when it comes to say someone like Serena Williams. Without Flojo and what she was able to do in '88, Ashford's a back-to-back Olympic gold medalist, and Flojo was so far in front of everyone. Still, twenty was it twenty six? I watched the great uh, long jump final in '91 mm-hmm. Tokyo between Carl Lewis and Mike Powell, yep. and they both jump over eight meters nine. I think mm-hmm. Powell. 895 the yes. world record in the competition. Um, and you can say the same about that era, right? Yeah, um, man. Yeah. You know, come, I agree. I mean, it, it's, but at the end of the day, Carl Lewis is Carl Lewis, mm. right? So, true. You know, it's, um, and, and, but I agree with you. I, look, it, but Ashford is an Olympic good. gold medalist as well from 84. So she already had that in the back pocket. I look, it's, it's, I found the women's down to eight huh. a lot harder than it's the men's. Hard. A lot yeah, harder than the men's. Hard, yeah. Yeah, since nineteen eighty, but I like it. I do. I do like your eight, and mm-hmm. I think it's good. We concurred in a lot of those uh, yes. names in that field. We, we 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 would you would think that we would concur at some point and get three or four the same because I don't I don't know about Tulu. I think I think I think there's I think there's some heat out there that we're going to get some surprise packets packets come World Championships. I, um, I think Tulu will Daniel be a gold medalist. Talking about um, you know, there's there's names that are floating around. Kambunji will be yep. back. She's always a good championship runner. Um, Julian Alfred from, um, I think she's she's running for uh, St. Lucia. Mm-hmm. She's going to be competing. Um, uh, you know, Abby Steiner, she'll be back she in was, hot form. She was great on a weekend. Jackson, fine, fine legs come mm-hmm. come world. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, you got the young kid. She, she just won New York meet, um, Aaliyah Dobbs. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a hot race, Cameron, and I'm looking forward to it. And we'll do the men's next week. You can get involved, 04-3398-1116. Since 1980, absolute men, creme de la creme. Eight Ooh, creme. women and men, if you've got an idea on it. A very quick break. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We'll be back with plenty more next. Damn, 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 damn. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Well, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Nina Kennedy, you can grab and listen back to the podcast if you want to listen again. She was a great chat. Yeah. Hey, just quickly, before we get out of here, we've only got about 90 seconds. Uh, Last week we spoke about spikes. I know you're working on different things to get some people to explain and the creme de la creme, absolute head honchos. And you and the crew at Puma just continue to get tighter and more solidified in your relationship. 
Yeah, and, and we will have somebody representing yep. Puma coming on. Because I do want to talk about the spikes and the shoes. I think the technology is unbelievable. Yes, you're quite right, Cam. Um, um, the sport doesn't exist with great partners, and we're very blessed at Athletes Australia that we have Puma as a partner and our apparel partner and, and, and main uh, sponsor into World Champions. So when you see all our Aussie athletes competing around the world in the uniform, is brought to you by Puma, and they decide an eight-year extension with Athletics Australia all the way to 2032, which is magnificent for the sport, Cam, um, and the good people at Puma supporting us all the way down in the Southern Hemisphere, um, <laughs> showing that they have the same belief we have in our athletes, which is awesome, mate. So, um, But, yes, the great Pancho Gustain uh, and my boy Fabio, hopefully we can get him on the show and discuss how these shoes are transcending the world and how they are making me look like a very ordinary 400-meter runner, mate, <laughs> seeing all these results. So uh, uh, I shouldn't say it's just the spikes, Cam, but, you know, in the old head now, you can blame everything, mate. What do you want to be known as? Uncle Steph, Jay Steezy? What? Give me quickly. Uncle yeah, Steph. Steph for Johnny Blaze today. Johnny Blaze sounds good. Johnny Blaze. See ya. <laughs>